Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another session of Speculate on this channel, the actual play show for science fiction and fantasy professionals. Uh, yet again, playing Girl by Moonlight, Fractal Spire. Today's planning has been quite a doozy, but I'm very excited to uh, be able to still do a thing with you tonight on Sunday, because uh, all of my friends are waiting for us to do the thing. And I think that we're going to have a great deal of fun. Some more dream shenanigans planned for you this evening. We are about to play a thing, but before we play the thing, I would like to ask all of these uh, lovely people to please introduce yourselves to the chat by letting everyone know who you are, what you do, and who you will be playing this evening, starting with Mike. Surprise, Brandon is actually a great friend and we love them very much. <laughs> I am Michael R. Underwood. I uh, go by Mike basically everywhere, uh, he, him pronouns for me. I am playing Vic Sains, the Guardian. Vic is they, them everywhere except work where they are, he, him, because dystopia is bad. And I want to shout out the Court of Blades game. Brandon, should I do that now or should we come around to it? You can say a little bit now, but we will have okay. much more to say later. Sure thing. So Speculate has announced our new series forthcoming in June. We are going to be playing Court of Blades by a couple of Drakes is the name of the design team. It is a wonderful game of like uh, power politics, romantic skullduggery and fencing. It's like kind of like if you like the Princess Bride, add some political intrigue and you know, beautiful. Our cast is Marie Billado, Premi Mohammed, Brandon O'Brien, Gregory A. Wilson, and myself as the GM, or as the Drakes uh, suggested in some sample material that we've been trading back and forth, the Dancing Master, which I may use. So that's that. I love that very much. I think that that game is going to be really rad, so definitely check that out when that goes live. Um, I'm very excited to play a game again. So yes, that will be a lot of fun. Next, Valerie. Hello, friends. I am Valerie Valdez. I am... She, her pronouns. I'm the author of Chilling Effect, Prime Deceptions, the forthcoming Fault Tolerance, all books that pair super well with Michael R. Michael R. Underwood's books, which you should also buy. I am now the newly christened co-editor of Escape Pod, and I am playing Nina Lopez, the unlikely hero, pronouns she, her. Next, Yoi. Hello, hello. Yoi Gawain Lin, he, they, pronouns for me. I... I'm a game and fiction writer, and today I will be playing, as ever, Vermilion Jingwei Ruth, the outsider. A very angry person, who goes also by he, they pronouns. <laughs> a very angry person, okay. Not wrong, but still. And last but not least, Iori. Kusano Iori, Clarion West Class of 2017, they, them pronouns for me. I write, I play Yu-Gi-Oh, I make a lot of shit posts. <laughs> and today I am playing Cat Holly, the time traveler. She, they, she, her for Cat. Nice. And as for me, I am your stage manager. I hate the term GM very much. Brandon O'Brien, pronouns he, they. I am here to make the world suck. And that's the very first thing that we're going to do at this moment because we have some obligation stuff to do very soon. But before we get into that, obviously, a recap of all of the action that has previously taken place. Where we last left off, our Dream Knights had just uh, engaged in their first trip into the dreamscape in an attempt to rescue Nina from the weirdest work nightmare ever, only to discover that it may or may not have been orchestrated by individuals unknown, but 
a kind of conspiracy that is obviously very familiar to uh, most of the Dream Knights, as they discovered that an acquaintance of Ruth's may have been conscripted by these unknown individuals with the deliberate goal of seemingly punishing people for stepping out of line, which led to not only a fight, but a seeming redemption on that person's part, which we may learn more about at some point, whether that actually holds true or not. But suffice it to say that they have also learned, perhaps, that there is some dastardly business afoot that they can now gain more information about at the future. But before that happens, of course, it is now a new day in Cloud Harbor. All of you have returned to your homes and tried to sleep, which is a very good first question from which to start, which is, after all of the action from last night, did any of you actually go to sleep or get any sleep? And I'll start with Vic. Did you go back to sleep when you when you got back home? It was like 4 a.m.? About, yes. And was that a weeknight? It was, yes. Then, yeah, I think Vic is of the some sleep is better than no sleep school and just has redundant alarms. Aha! <laughs> I would like you to give me a three-die fortune roll. Each die is a different alarm. <laughs> I love it. Two, six, three. So I think the first one fails, and then maybe I I get one that works. Right. Your first alarm. What time does your workday start, and what time do you typically get up in order to get ready for work? Uh, Well, teenagers are most healthy if they get the chance to sleep later, and this is dystopia, so I think school starts at 8 a.m., which means that Vic probably needs to be there at between 7 and 7.30. Ah, okay, cool. I love I love the way that you put that because I when I went when I went to high school I literally had to arrive to school at seven thirty. So like cool. This sounds terrible. So you get up to get ready for work around six, I presume? Yeah, I imagine that work is like a somewhat short transit right away. Yeah. Thereabouts. Um, Transit in Cloud Harbor is so perfect that there are bus stops that will literally tell you when the nearest bus or tram is arriving at that stop down to the second. So it's mostly efficient in that regard, but it still doesn't make it very easy for you to get to places because everyone's going everywhere all the time. So your 5.55 a.m. alarm sounds and you do not hear it. And then your six o'clock alarm sounds and you bolt upright out of bed. What is that alarm that it can get you to do that? It's probably something not dissimilar uh, to an air raid siren. I think that the alarm, uh, that Vic had to change the alarm at some point in season one because that alarm sound got pulled into a dream. And like, so the, like, the supernatural semiotics or whatever of it, like, broke. And so this is, for astute longtime viewers of Fractal Spire, this is a different (laughs) alarm. Mm Mm-hmm. Noted. Especially at this point, because I presume as a result you've gotten maybe an hour and a half of sleep between actually falling asleep and now jolting out of bed. I would like you to give me a one-die fortune roll. That one is a two. 
Atu, right. You are in that, like, moment of, like, just between sleeping and waking, that, like, pure, hazy mental fog of it's going to take me a little bit to actually, like, be awake. And when that happens, like, as you are in that state, you are briefly entranced by a thing. You feel like you are hearing something just beyond your apartment, like there is a melody somewhere that sounds vaguely familiar to you. And the moment you try to settle on what that thing might be, you have already lost it. And then you stir awake and decide, yeah, it's time for me to get ready to go to work. What is your procedure for getting ready for work? I think Vic probably took a shower upon getting home. So wakes up, dresses quickly, eats uh, like basically uh, toasts a Pop-Tart while like putting on like a, a three-piece suit with a very bland vest and then grabs it and does the adult anime protagonist thing of, of chewing deliberately on the Pop-Tart instead of running with the, with the Pop-Tart or the toast in, in the mouth. Nice. Cool. And do you take public transit to work? Yeah, I think the probably like a, maybe like a right, light rail that goes, you know, three neighborhoods across. Mm-hmm. So one of the side effects, obviously, of you taking public transit to work is there is a non-zero possibility that you are, you are on the uh, light rail with another student of Julius Ailston High. One of your homeroom students is sitting opposite you on the light rail. Would you like to describe them? So I think this student is small and fairly slim and is on, is probably on his third different subculture that he's trying out, trying to one, find friends and or two, find something with regards to identity that feels even remotely appropriate or like there's any kind of emotional connection to. And since we're in a world of like, where there's a lot of fashion and ritual, I think that all of these all of these moves are big, but this per, like this student is like fifteen or sixteen, and so doesn't have the skills to do these things. So they have like a very sad like fallen over hedgehog mohawk and like a, a black leather jacket that is too new and fits too well to be appropriately punk or goth. Noted. But maybe he'll grow into it. Uh, and this is inter- like this I, I position because Vic does not express themselves at school, like in, in terms of like personality via fashion. But then here we have a student who has some of the latitude to do so, but is struggling. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know this uh, kid, actually. I mean, obviously, he's in, he's in your homeroom. His name is David Nettleford. You know on a regular, you know from experience with David in your class that... David is very, very creatively talented, but struggles uh, on a uh, personal level with, like, developing interpersonal relationships with other classmates. And a lot of this is a desire to fall into a clique, so, like, he will feel like he has a suitable amount of friends. There are people who obviously care about him in school, but, like... He doesn't feel like he's made it yet and is constantly, or constantly trying on new faces in the hopes of 
having the kind of high school experience that you see on television, essentially. When you see him on the train, he's actually a drawing. You can't really make it out from where you're sitting. I mean, if you wanted to, I would tell you that you can make a roll for it. But you vaguely get the impression that he's drawing something like big and bombastic in the way that teenagers draw things. And he hasn't really noticed you on the train yet. Which is, like, par for the course. You have seen him a couple times on the train as well. Mostly zoning out until it's his stop. Yeah, both of you all just ride the train silently all the way to Ailston High. Do you get out first or do you wait for him to get out first so he doesn't see you? <laughs> I would wait. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he gets out first, like, five... 10, 15, 20 other people are also filling out, falling out of the doors at that same spot because, like, there are other shops and other buildings just a few blocks north of the school where they will just filter out and do their own business. When you come out, it is just about 7.08 or 7.09 a.m. Still enough time for you to get some work done before uh, the first bell rings, but not so much time that you can get so much work done. The f- front courtyard is full of students. Everyone is presently on their own beat until that bell rings. What is the first thing that you do? I think Vic skims some of the news feeds, which is like two-thirds official news feeds, one-third smaller, more local stuff that is just acceptable enough to be on Vic's browser history on a, like, on a public device. Mm -hmm. Um, And reviewing the latest curriculum uh, changes that have been handed down from the state of like, okay, you're going to, like, replace this section with this section, sync your curriculum tablet to XYZ, And now you need to develop new coursework for these, you know, these three sections. Mm -hmm. You notice in those guidelines that as per historically usual, there are entire branches of history and social studies that are just gone now. Like entire portions of lessons or lessons that, that have been either adapted to obviously scrub all of the weird and bad parts or just totally missing. The world, the word union no longer appears in any of our history textbooks. Yeah. So that's, that's obviously fun, first and foremost. You notice, as, you notice as well that there is a line that says for school etiquette and comportment uh, that the new adaptations that have been made to those uh, guidelines are effective immediately. But they were made at 5 a.m. this morning. One of them reads something to the effect of, while individual schools in this district are not obligated to insist upon a dress code or school uniform, some functional guidelines can still be put in place, both according to these uh, overall guidelines and to individual superintendents or principals' discretion, in order to ensure a level of student cohesion and discipline on campus. And then there's just like a vague kind of word salad of things that they don't want kids to wear 
on school premises, even if they don't have uniform or dress code uh, systems in place. Ailston does have a dress code, but in a lot of ways, it was functionally very uh, lax because they pride themselves on a certain level of self-expression among students that you know is all not genuinely a a level of self-expression, but genuinely a level of uh, personal control over those uh, children. But it has suddenly become a great deal more strict. And the first things that you notice as a result are it dictates how how long male students' hair is supposed to be. And you notice that immediately because by those guidelines alone, David should be expelled. When you look up from your phone, you notice that David is having a conversation with two teachers ahead of the front door. I'm going to try to help. And then def- how well we roll will determine how much Vic fails. So... Because this is a uh, surveillance dystopia, Vic would have the text, uh, like the phone numbers of all of the students. And you are actually in a group chat with your entire homeroom. Yeah. So uh, Vic texts David, new regs need to cut your hair. Can someone help you? And text that and then walk, uh, walk toward David. Vic oh. still has their bag with them. And in that bag, I'm happy to spend stress for a flashback. I want to. Uh, I want to argue there would be at least like hair scissors and a comb because we've established that Vic comes from fashion people. Oh yeah, I believe it. Take one stress for that. Cool. Happily, I per- like not even just on that angle, but I also genuinely believe that you perhaps always have to make some make similar concessions for yourself because those regulations obviously also change for teachers as well on a regular basis. So you send that message, you see David is typing, and then suddenly nothing. You look ahead, one of those teachers has literally grabbed David's phone and has thrown it, thrown it up in the air. They seem very animated as they're speaking to this kid. Am I um, close enough to catch the phone as it falls? You're close enough to try, but you need to roll for the thing. Uh, happily. I feel like you will get better results with flow. So your position is risky and your effect is your effect is standard. I wouldn't say limited. I'd say you're in a good position in that regard. So that was Okay, that is a three, alas. Hey like you run up towards where the phone is gonna fall. You put your hands out, and it actually hits it actually hits your hands, and then in the attempt to try to hold onto it, you instead push it upward out of your hands. It goes even higher than it went the first time, and then collides uh, with the concrete pavement just outside the double doors. Um, splits completely in half. The phone is gone. Alas, Clark Kent uh, image retained. <laughs> One of those teachers, Mrs. Grady, turns to you very coldly and goes, did you just come off the same train as this kid? I'm sorry, I didn't know. You didn't know that they were there or you didn't know that the guidelines changed and they're holding in their hand a newly printed soft cover bound copy of the new guidelines. It is like thicker than a Gideon's Bible. Well, I didn't see the guidelines uh, automatically populated to the student's um, 
message dashboard. So I wasn't sure whether that had been distributed to students or whether it was getting a soft rollout. Well, guidelines are guidelines regardless. This is, well, he's in your class, so he's your responsibility. Would you like to take care of this then? Oh, happily. Just leave it with me. I'll uh, take care of it. Don't want to make extra paperwork for you. Miss Grady just kind of huffs and walks away. David turns to you and goes, Mr. S, I don't know what... I don't... I don't... I don't get it. They just changed the rules on us again? And now I have to cut my hair? Yeah, I didn't... I didn't hear about it until... Until this morning. But Vic, like, fishes out the scissors and comb and, like, tries to, as stealthily as possible, like, put them... uh, Put them in David's hand. We've got time before class... But I shouldn't have to. No, you shouldn't. I just... But hair grows back, and this will keep you out of a suspension that otherwise I would be required to give you. Can you help me at least? As you can see, this this was my thing, and this didn't turn out the way this was supposed to. Can you just... Please, I'm sorry to... No, of course. Um, and I'm going to take David to... The place where I could do this that will have the intersection of privacy and not get anybody in trouble for like teacher-student interactions that are banned. Like some schools, teachers are not allowed to touch the students in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So like I'm giving the kid a haircut rather than getting suspended, but I would like to minimize the chance of then getting even in even more trouble. There is a um, way that you can this is where I should roll. Yes, there's a way that you can learn where the best place to do this would be. You will need to give me a roll to find that out. Um, everything else will just kind of happen after that point. Would I just know because I work here? So here is the thing that you do know. You do know that the best bathrooms on campus, hands down, are the staff bathrooms, of which there are three. There is one in the staff lounge, but you may have to pass through some teachers, but it's sufficiently early enough that you mightn't have to. There is another staff bathroom on the first floor of the main building that is, like, uh, past the auditorium. And there is another staff bathroom on the second floor that is, like, past the second floor office. The nearest one to you is obviously the lounge uh, bathroom, because that's also nearest to the double doors. So you can't see whether it is a good chance to just use that one or whether the nearest student bathroom is also unoccupied. Yeah, I think Vic is going to go for the lounge bathroom and then we can let the obligation roll inform how much like bother there is along the way. Okay, cool. Um, so I would like you to give me... So be 1d6 because I have one, at least one in everything. And stars and moon are both my lowest attributes. So I'm going to stick with stars, which is what I rolled last time. Aha. I rolled a six. This is actually potentially interesting. How much stress do you have? I have one because I spent one stress on a flashback and it's the start of an episode. So otherwise I would have zero. Nice. Cool. That's very good. Cool. So you walk through the staff lounge to get to that bathroom and no one is there. You meet a janitor. The janitor is like, oh, another one? And suddenly moves from the patch of tile that they were presently sweeping near one of the windows 
to the door almost as if to immediately communicate to you that they've become your lookout. You get into the you get into the bathroom and give this kid the best haircut that he may have ever gotten in his life. Um, this is the neatest you've ever seen his hair in class. And he turns to you and goes, I'm really sorry about this, Mr. S. I wouldn't have asked you otherwise. It's just this kind of... But, uh, thanks. Um, I'll try to not let it happen again. I hope you don't get in trouble for this, too. Me, too. You didn't do anything wrong. It surprised everybody. Just why don't you head, head along, and I'll see you in class. Yeah, and he skips along. You glance, out, you glance out of that bathroom door just to make sure if any teachers see him on the way out, he gets out without a hitch. On the way out of the lounge, I want to sit, turn to the, to the janitor, and I'm just going to make up a name if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Sammy. How's the, how's the girl doing? She's still taking piano? Oh, yeah. Kind of getting better at it. We've moved away from the two-finger songs to some, that have, some songs that have three. Um, there's actually a... Um, there's a vid creator I, I follow who has some really fun tutorials. Um, remind me if I don't get those to you in the next day or so. Maybe there's something she'll enjoy. Oh, yeah, sure. And you should come over for dinner at some point as well. It, I, I mean, the, the, the kids like seeing you whenever they get the chance. Um, All right. Only if you let me bring ice cream. Only if it's not Neapolitan. The last time they ate all of it and I got none. No, I'll I'll uh, I'll include some fancy grown-up flavors they won't like. Okay, they give you a fist bump on your way out, and you continue your workday, which still sucks. But every once in a while, you see David like smile in your direction, and it reminds you. Sometimes when you do it for the kids, it doesn't suck as much as it would. I'm honestly surprised I did that well. I might as well, <laughs> I might just need to quit while I'm ahead for this session. Oh yes. <laughs> So we move from that moment to, uh, who do I get to do the weird thing with now? Ah, Nina. It is now sufficiently later in the afternoon at this point, like 3.30, 4 p.m. How has, how has work been so far for you? So Nina, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that she had trouble getting back to sleep. <laughs> and so Nina is underslept and entirely powered by caffeine right now. And so she is having a lot of trouble focusing. Her productivity today has been bad. She has already been told once that her hourly metrics are behind and she needs to get it together. Friends, she is not getting it together. (laughs) Yeah, things are not going well. They've Things have kind of plateaued at this point where nothing is improving for you or any of your colleagues today at work, but they haven't gone so badly that anyone's needed to reprimand you, which is the most that you can hope for sometimes. And as that's happening, your cell phone rings. I am not supposed to get calls during the day. I must have forgotten to put it on do not disturb mode. And if my boss hears this, she's going to flip. So I quickly try to turn my phone off. Who is calling me, though? Because she would probably also check and see who's calling. It's an unknown number. Okay. So she now assumes it's spam and and feels no problem whatsoever, quickly flipping it to do not disturb mode. Oh, God, is it already in do not disturb mode? One of the very convenient things that you notice when you uh, reach for your phone is that 
It wasn't do not disturb mode the whole time. Oh, this should not be possible. Nina's really not enjoying this. Oh, yeah. This is very weird and confusing, obviously. She shoves it into her bra. <laughs> She's like, I need it to stop. Okay. What are you looking at on your computer at this present moment? Red sheets. Okay. You get an email pop-up on your uh, taskbar on the computer. Oh, God. Uh, it's from Rapido. The headline just has four exclamation marks on it. Do you open the email? Oh, God, no. I'm going to get in so much trouble if I open this email. How do I... But the, I, I will say, I, <laughs> if I try to close the email, it's possible that she accidentally opens it by mistake trying to close it. That's a thing I've done. <laughs> Should not be possible, but just theoretically, give me a one die fortune roll to see whether you close <laughs> like, this like, email. It's because, like, what what happens, I don't know if you have ever used Outlook, but usually when the pop-up comes up, it has the tiniest X ever. Yeah. So if you try to hit the X, instead it'll just click it and open the stupid email. Mm-hmm. So I don't even, I don't have to roll for it. Whatever you want to have in Brandon, just I mean, I it. want, I, the email opens. Oh, but the email opens. There you go. <laughs> The email just has one line of text, or in all caps, in bold. Answer your goddamn phone. Ah, uh, sugar. She <laughs> she quickly does a a quick bathroom clock out because mm-hmm. she's not. She has to clock out to go to the bathroom. As you do that, you notice, uh, as you would have noticed on other periods at work, whenever you take a bathroom break that is not already coordinated before or after a lunch break, it starts a five minute timer on oh, your Oh yeah, PC. for sure. For sure. She um, she like gets up and power walks to the bathroom mm-hmm. and and gets into a stall and in try and calls back her her boss, her other boss. <laughs> So you call back? Are you calling the unknown number that you just got? Or are you calling? No, I'm calling Rapido. I'm ignoring the unknown number because I have no idea what that is. Okay, cool. So bigger problems here. <laughs> uh, so your supervisor, Rapido, goes, "What happened? Um, I had a guy call you just like a minute and a half ago, and did you get your new assignment yet?" I, I'm, 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 I, I can't answer calls during these business hours. I, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the bathroom. I, I, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> anyway, you have, you, you have a shipment that you need to pick up from a location that we will send to you via text message, and you need to make that by six p.m. Well, okay, I. Well, I clock out at five here, so I, depending on where it is, I, That's I don't... That's good for the place where you presently work, but when you stop working there, you work for me. So when I tell you you need to be somewhere at six, you know where you're supposed to be? But where is it, though? C- can I physically get... Okay, yes, sir. Cool. Fine. You're going to get that text message in a moment. Don't be late. I'm... I don't know what are in those boxes, but I, I've been told they're particularly fragile and particularly time-sensitive. And as you know, it's none of my business, so you know whose business it also isn't? Exactly. Cool. Later, hangs up. Oh, God. She hangs up, shoves the phone back into her bra, and runs back to her, <laughs> her desk. So you get another text message at just like a couple seconds after that for a location for pickup. Just, like, south of the Mirador, so you can, like, pick that up fairly easily. But the location for drop-off is so far northwest. 
that you're never going to make it in 45 minutes. So they kind of set you up. But you but you knew that when you signed up for this. <sighs> um, after work, you go to pick up the package for unmarked wooden boxes that they load onto your truck. The person who helps you load on load them onto the truck kind of gives you this look of I'm sorry that you're in this position, but doesn't tell you anything about the about the shipment. And as you make it to the drop-off location, I would like you to give me a roll to see how well you are on the road. Oh no. Okay. What am I rolling? Just a one day fortune roll? I think that there's an action for this. Um, oh, okay. I have... Let's see. I guess it would probably be one of the stars ones, right? Analyze, concealer, flow. <laughs> flow. Flow definitely works. I have no dots in flow. Analyze also works specifically for I have for zero me. dots in any of those things. Oh, God. This is hilarious. <laughs> right. Cool. <laughs> Unless you want me to use forgive when I get there or confess. That's I want you to give me... Right. So I know, th- I know how this is going to work. I want you to give me a two-die fortune roll, actually. Oh, God. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Oh, no. I got a one and a six. <laughs> ah, the six is good, but it means that this is bad for other reasons. At this point now, at minutes past five in the afternoon, you have not properly slept in, like, over 13 hours or oh, more. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. She, 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 pulled the, she pulled the double like this yesterday, and that so got to sleep maybe at, like, midnight or 11 let's be charitable and assume she got home at 11 probably got to sleep at midnight and then had horrifying dreamscape nightmares Mm -hmm. and then woke up very early and did not get back to sleep yeah on the road you feel yourself kind of idly beginning to drift you know that this sucks you know that you you should be doing something about it but you know that point at which you have consistently tried to fight off falling asleep, that the next time it hits you, you forget that you're also supposed to be doing something at this point, and your head drifts just a, just for a second. And the very first thing that you see when your eyes close is euphony in a hole. This beat lasts for a very long time in your brain. You are seeing that entire moment again, as if it just... As, as if it is happening for you yet again. It sounds, it feels, and looks in this moment as if Euphony is trying to tell you something again. Something that they didn't tell you the last time, but you can't hear what they're saying. And then your eyes snap open. You are hearing horns honking all around you. You're still driving. There is nothing in front of you. You haven't hit anyone as far as you can see. And behind you, Someone is honking very, very loudly. Oh no. I look up. Am I at a stop sign? Am I at a stop light? Where am I? No, y'all are moving on the highway. <laughs> oh my god. I've just slowed down on the highway. This is amazing. Okay, cool. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. So she quickly gets her bearings and then starts to try to speed up. Person behind you is still honking. Oh my god. Did I. Am I missing a taillight? She, she she tries to figure out if there's a place that she can pull over to check her vehicle. Oh, yeah, very easily. You can just... Okay. 
you pull over and a pickup truck pulls over behind you. Two 20-something-year-old ladies come out of the pickup truck. One from the driver's side door, one from the passenger door right behind her. Uh, walk up to you. What the hell are you doing? Are you are you high or something? What what was that? Well, what happened? I don't understand. They eagerly point to a scratch on the side of their vehicle that you know, just looking at it, you did not make. What? That was you. And you see them like giving them giving each other very furtive glances as they're pointing this out to you. But you don't really know what that means at this moment because you're still kind of dazed from suddenly spur- springing awake on the road. How you were behind me? How could I have Yeah, because we needed to avoid you after you nearly run us off the highway. What was this? I like for obvious like for very clear and obvious context. There is this red streak on the right side of their pickup truck. There is no red paint anywhere coming from your truck. Like this can't be yours. Yes. Yeah, it's like uh, my but that it's but it's red. I, I'm going to call your supervisor right now. My, and they both but what? And they both storm back into your car. But I didn't car. I didn't do anything. I d- how did... What? When you get back in the car, you can tell very vaguely that they seem to be snickering at this moment. And then you get a text message from your supervisor that says, we are going to talk about how much this comes out of your pay later. Finish this shipment now. You only have six more minutes. Nina starts driving. Just utterly flabbergasted. You get to a medical facility on uh, in uh, further northwest of Cloud Harbor. Drop off the boxes kind of emotionlessly to men in lab coats who take it from you just as emotionlessly. And then you continue with the rest of the evening. Now, I would like you to give me your obligation. Oh my god. Okay, here we go. So this is my obligation roll. I got a three. That's a lot of stress. I'm sorry. You have to take three stress. That is frankly less stress than I would be taking in real life, so... Egg. Fair enough. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com
Hi everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvaneleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.